the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Yeah, it's a Thursday. I'm I'm really thrilled we're coming up on the weekend as quickly as we are. Although for many of us up here in the Northeast Corridor of the United States, I just got sent a map from uh, one of the weathermen at the, the National Weather Service. I tend to follow the weathermen on <laughs> on the Twitter and some of them because, you know, they, they got a lot of time in their hands. They do a couple minutes of forecasting and then they go away for a while, then they come back. And they're kind of funny people. But one of them just sent me a weather map kind of predicting the the weekend, what it's going to look like the next one to three days. And right in the heart of the weather map is a sort of deep red area from the precipitation thing that makes it look like the constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in in the woods of Arden, Delaware, we are going to get hammered with rain. Uh-oh. We're talking five inches of rain, which is a whole bunch of rain over a weekend, starting either late today and tomorrow. This is Thursday through Sunday. Thank you very little. And uh, I should post that on Twitter just to show you how dismal it looks. But you can also identify... From this map, from this trusted weather guy, national weather guy, you can see if your area is going to get hit. Texas looks like it's in pretty good shape this weekend. Good for you, Dallas. California looks pretty good, too. So a lot of our friends on the West Coast, but many of us here in, well, I I technically am not in in that New York, D.C., but we're in the corridor. About 20 minutes from Philly. So I should tweet that out. We can take a look at that. A lot to cover today. And uh, yes, there is a vital question posted. Yesterday's vital question, in case you wondered, the, um, the question about the hot dog. Is the hot dog a sandwich? You guys all said, no, it's not. It's a hot dog, damn it. Well, <laughs> Chef Carl Ruiz weighed in yesterday at at the midway point on the show and said, it's a sandwich. And so I defer to Chef Ruiz. But, you know, you guys, uh, you you overwhelmingly supported the theory that, no, the hot dog is not a sandwich. And so in the spirit of the vital question topic, yes, we have another vital question today. But this one's kind of an offshoot of the topic du jour yesterday that's continued today. And that is the discussion of the the transgender move made by the president. Uh, And in the president's tweet, which, by the way, the Department of Defense has basically said the tweet is moot, that uh, there is no policy that has changed based on the, the president's tweet. So everybody in the military who's serving as transgender can calm the hell down. And everyone who's outraged about it, really, you jumped on a tweet. A tweet is not legislation. But um, the question seems to be centered around who's paying. 
Who's paying for the the surgery? The surgery that would be required if somebody went the whole route and changed from a man to a woman or a woman to a man based on on the physical surgeries required. And uh, so I, I asked the vital question this morning. I asked the vital question, is it is it something uh, the government, meaning you, the taxpayer, should be required to pay for? Should you be required to pay for transgender service members' gender reassignment surgery? Well, a whopping 3% of you say, yes, that's the way to go. 94% of you say no, and 3% of you are what we consider would be considering in, in the LGBTQ world uh, Q. You'd be questioning. You're undecided. And I tend to think this is the right way to go. I tend to think you've, you've got it right here, that this issue is not one that uh, I should have to pay for, that you as a taxpayer should have to pay for, if it in fact is elective surgery, which I think it is. Not medically required to keep you alive. So uh, kind of an important question, right? Yeah, sure it is. And as I asked this question this morning, I actually received a very thoughtful response from someone on Facebook. I received a, a um, statement on Facebook from someone who served in the military, someone who actually spent time, raised their hand, took a, an oath to protect and defend the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And um, a well-thought-out statement from a gentleman who has been uh, part of the military. I'm only going to tell you his first name is James. And James sent me this statement, and I'm going to read it to you because he said I want to answer that question, basically. First, we need to define the, a few terms. So we're talking about the same thing for the purpose of the conversation. Let us define transgender. Transgender as a person of biological... of a person of one biological sex who identifies as the other sex. Okay, I can wrap my head around that. That exists. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of understanding, but I, I get it. It exists. Second part of the definition from my, my friend James, transitioner as a person of one biological sex who has started the sexual reassignment procedure which includes the initial psychological evaluation to operation to post-op completion of reassignment surgery. Now, position A, person A, joins the military. Follow along on this one, because this is a very interesting chain of thought. Person A joins the military, someone who is transgender, someone who is, say, born a male and identifies as a female. Signs up for a four-year hitch. After basic training, advanced training, individual training, let's say they've spent six months in training. And now after those six months, they are qualified and assigned to an active duty unit. Three and a half years left, right, on that four-year hitch? Don't get ahead of me. They now decide to pursue the sexual reassignment and go to the doctor who recommends the procedure, initiates the treatment, Person A now becomes a transitioner. More importantly, B 
because of the medical care involved, person A is no longer available for unlimited duty or deployment because of this fact. So now you have a person who signed up for a four-year hitch, who's been trained for six months, ready to be in combat or on active duty, and because of this, this medical procedure that they have begun, they're no longer available. James adds, because he's, he's looked up this, this procedure and for his argument, and says, it's my understanding that it requires up to two years to fully transition. So let's say 18 months to two years. Even if it were 18 months, person A is now functioning as a transgendered, officially transgendered person B, who now has a year and a half to two years left on their original enlistment. They can request early discharge, and if it's granted, they are now free and clear to go live their life as person B. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. The military paid for this surgery, meaning you and I as taxpayers paid for this surgery. That's where James adds a little bit more clarity. As we now have this person who has been completely transitioned on the taxpayer's dollar. And if they are, in fact, bumped out after two years because they requested early release, because all of that took place while they were enlisted in the military, because all of that happened under military service, the government is on the hook for any and all medical care that will be connected to this procedure for the rest of that person's life. Now, this is going to add to the VA hospital care, as you might imagine. It might clog up some of the VA as well. We've already got enough problems with the VA, don't we? But James says, let's look at this and change one thing to better understand it. Rather than enlisting in the military, if this person goes to work for a company, a private company, and the owner of the private company, should that owner then be required to keep a person on payroll for two years with full pay and benefits? And if the person is unable to perform the job they were hired to do while transitioning, will they be required to provide medical insurance for the rest of that individual's life? It's very different in the military, though, James. Obviously, it's a voluntary position, and you do put your life on, on the line. But James makes some very good points, some very good and intelligent points. And we've heard from several different people among you who say, well, you know, the Navy gives free Viagra to men, I don't necessarily, or the Army or the Marine, whomever. I don't know if I support that either. The Navy, somebody wrote the Navy gives women free boob jobs so their surgeons can stay, uh, let's say, well-practiced. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Is there proof of that anywhere? I just think anything elective, if you're going to exclude any elective surgery, you exclude all elective surgery. Do it on your time. Rhinoplasty earlobe enhancement, whatever you're going to do. But I don't think I should have to pay for it. I'm just saying. That's the subject of today's vital question. It's on Twitter at StuntBrain. You're welcome to jump in there. 
and be a part of it. You're also welcome to jump in and weigh in on the conversation here. 888 I would love it if somebody in this audience could come up with a solution and that we could say to the president and the military and the LGBTQRST community, here's the answer. But Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Phone lines are open, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. The question of the day, I expect, I expect our audience is going to answer, no, no, the government shouldn't be forced to pay for transgender reassignment surgery. So it's... It's kind of a, is it a straw man type argument? Maybe. But I do think we need to vent. I think we need to be allowed to vent in situations like this. Absolutely. Especially when, when this has overtaken the news and we have so many other things we need to get to. We have so many things that we need to do that could help everybody. So many things that I want I want this administration to do that they promised because it would help people. So I'm 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 a little troubled by it, but we'll get through. Um, I have some strange little bits of video that I want to get to and play for you, and I, I will get to them and play them for you. Uh, I also was called out on the carpet by one of you in the vast and unpaid resource department. One of you who said yesterday I I should have pressed the issue on paying for that surgery when we had, in fact, the leader of the log cabin Republicans on the air. And so, uh, Cookie Dan, you're right. Good point. But we did get the question out there today. And I'm sure the log cabin Republicans who do follow us on the Twitter are making note of the question du jour as it is. I had somebody I talked to today, somebody who's been in the in the business for a long time and, and been a talker, a talk radio person who said, what are the log cabin Republicans? I said, you're kidding me, right? You really don't know? Yeah, yeah, he, he was not aware. So there it is. Some other stuff that's happened today that I think it's fair for us to bring up. Uh, Earlier today, let's see, just a a little bit, uh, well, maybe it was yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, Chelsea Clinton tweeted, no, President Trump, no, President Trump, you have consistently failed to support LGBT equal rights dignity and safety in the U.S. and around the world, e.g. Chechnya and Russia. So Chelsea Clinton, daughter of President Clinton and one-time, two-time presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, is calling out the president on this 
this proposed ban, which really isn't a ban because you can't ban something from tweeting. It's just that's not the way the government works. And the DOD is kind of letting the White House know that, that there will be no change in the policy until there's an actual formal change in the policy. But Chelsea Clinton came out and um, and says, uh, no, President Trump has been consistently failed to support LGBT equal rights, dignity and safety in the U.S. and around the world. Well, I, I think President Trump has been fairly open to the LGBT community. You know, there are numerous times on the campaign that he was seen holding up a flag and the rainbow flag and, and Caitlyn Jenner even said that uh, the president was smart on his bathroom policy at Trump Tower before he became president. And when Chelsea Clinton tweeted this, uh, Twitter responded. Twitter responded, uh, that Haynes guy tweeted, what did your mom and stepdad, I don't know what he means by stepdad, what did your mom and stepdad ever do for LGBT rights, Chelsea? Pretend to embrace them when they needed some votes? I think that's a fair criticism. Robert Curie tweeted, the Clintons were experts at stepping on the backs of others to climb to the top without regard of who they hurt along the way. I think that's that's average. That's a accurate and average. Get it together because it's about time tweeted. I'm old. So I remember when Hillary was asked what she thought of gay marriage and she declared marriage is between a man and a woman. Huh? Yeah, that's on YouTube as well. Then there are other people saying, get loud, Chelsea. We need your voice. Get loud. I'm. I'm just amazed that Chelsea Clinton continues to put herself out there. Paul Joseph Watson of Prison Planet wrote, your mother took tens of millions of dollars from a country that executes gay people, meaning Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they you could have put in there every day because that's what happens in Saudi Arabia every day. The not silent majority also tweeted in response to Chelsea Clinton. Her mother was embarrassed by her father in front of the world and she stayed with him only to further her political aspirations. Ah, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. All of this is fair. I just don't understand why Chelsea Clinton keeps putting herself out there when she knows that her family is so flawed. This is this is all wonderful stuff. I'll tweet out a link to it. Or if you don't follow Chelsea Clinton online, you should because you should you would be interested in seeing things like this. This is the kind of stuff that um, that that she's. I swear they're going to try and run her for something. I still stand by it. They're going to try and run Chelsea Clinton for some spot, something, elected office. Get ready for it. When we come back, oh, we've got to talk about debt shaming. We've got to talk about Shea. We have to talk about single payer. CNN getting caught once again on a hidden camera. And this time it is about the transgender question. And we'll have so much more today. Join the conversation. 888 This is Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we've got the vital question up and the phones are lit. I, I'm telling you the day, a uh, hot topic du jour on this uh, question about whether or not you as a taxpayer should pay for the um, gender reassignment. I, I stated yesterday, I don't have a problem with gay people serving in the military. If you volunteer to get your butt shot off, and you can do the job mentally and physically. God bless you. Welcome to the United States Marines, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever. Patrick in Louisiana, or should I say Louisiana? Patrick, uh, welcome to the program. Um, I don't. I don't think that. I don't have a problem with transgenders being in the military. My problem is when they go to the surgery. It takes them out of out of service. Um, for instance, uh, people with ADHD cannot be on their medication for a year prior to going in the military. They can't be on the pills. They can't take the pills out into the field. If you get a tattoo, it gets infected. Um, you get an Article 15 and lose, you know, half month's pay. So what? You're creating double standards. Yeah, that's you know what, Patrick. That's this from the crowd that's always yelling fairness. And that's a great point. And we should we should always bring that up. We cannot have double standards. If you're not going to allow elective surgeries or pay for elective surgeries, then it has to be all elective surgeries. So it's a a terrific point. Where did you serve, Patrick? What branch? I served in the Army. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate your service. Uh, did you see combat? Were you overseas? Uh, I was in Panama uh, during Desert Storm. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, it, not not exactly the front lines, but you know what? There was a lot going on in Panama that I'm sure you're not allowed to talk about. But It was interesting. Yeah, very good. Well, we certainly appreciate your service. What part of uh, Louisiana? I've got family in that state. I'm just outside Baton Rouge. Okay. Okay. I've got, I've got family in New Orleans, and uh, I think there might even somebody in Baton Rouge as well. But we appreciate you. Thank you for being there, and God bless you. Uh, Thank Nick, you. In, Nick in Alabama talking on this hot topic today. Welcome to the program, Nick. Hi, Stump Brain. Uh, I can't believe that you forgot to mention Army and all that. I will forgive you for that for this time, but, you know, I'm a – I listen to you all the time, usually on podcasts, because I drive at night. But I just, I can't believe that they would want, they keep fighting for their equality, but yet they want all of us to bow down to their will. And so when I was in the Army, I got, like, it was 15 days extra duty because it me and some buddies thought it would be fun, and we all got a mohawk. So I got 15 <laughs> days extra duty for getting a mohawk. And these guys want to change their sex completely and want no repercussions for it. It doesn't, no, it doesn't fly in my book. 
I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you for getting a mohawk. Well, sort of I am. But I'm laughing that they, they slapped you with 15 extra days just because of that. Come on. Come on, Sarge. Oh, yeah. Oh, and a woman can't even dye her hair. Like, if she has any hair color other than her natural hair color, she can get an Article 15 and be in big trouble for that. Wow. Wow, that seems unfair. So your mohawk yeah. and dyeing your hair, that seems unfair. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, you know, you you folks who stand up and raise that arm and, and swear to protect and defend us against all enemies, foreign and domestic, we owe you a lot. And sometimes I think messing with your hair would be okay. I think... I think I would allow you to have a little different hair once you got out of basic training. I understand the basic training haircut well, is important. Well, it was worth it. I loved every minute of it. How long did you serve, Nick? I was in for eight and a half years. They wouldn't let me re-enlist because I was too broken. Oh, what happened? Did you get wounded? <laughs> well, I didn't get, well, it happened while I was in Iraq, but I wasn't wounded. I never, I came away without any scratch from the enemy but i was playing a softball game and i slid into third base and caught my toe and dislocated my knee and really messed it up Ooh, ooh. well you know at, at, at least at least you can say look i raised my hand i served this country you volunteered served the uh the army bravely and we appreciate you more than we can ever thank you enough and you're a truck driver at this point yes i am one of the you know what there is such a loyal group of listeners who, who drive trucks and listen to this show and other shows on the Blaze Radio Network. We appreciate you. We wish we could. I'm trying to think how, how we can help truckers more. How can we get the word out more? We try to tell everybody else on the road, give them a break, would you? Don't brake check in front of them and don't be sucking their bumpers either. Uh, it's well, not yeah, good for. I think give the government out of it too, because this is that's probably the second most government regulated job in the world. Oh, because of all the regulations you have to deal with. Oh yeah, Uncle Sam tells me when I can drive, when I have to go to bed, and when I have to stop and eat. Well, some of that, you know, isn't some of that okay to make sure you're not driving too tired? Some, I can understand some of it, but then there's the other thing. Oh, we just got rid of one thing where we had to take a 36-hour reset, but it had to include uh, two periods between 2 and 5 a.m. So, yeah, I'm not 36, it's 34. So that could end up turning into two days of you sitting, and we don't make no money if we're not moving. Yeah, if those wheels aren't turning, neither is your uh, personal bank account odometer. I understand that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Nick, have you ever compared the regulations on over-the-road truckers with, uh, let's say, airline pilots? Um, not really. I had because I'm not a pilot, and I. So, but it's not as bad for them because they don't. They just have to have a certain amount of time off. They like we have a seventy-hour clock in a week. We cannot exceed seventy hours in an eight-day period. You know, a pilot, they can just go off for 10 hours and then their complete clock's redone. Every minute I'm on duty is deducting away from that 70-hour clock. Yeah, that seems like, that seems a little bit harsh. But, you know, I, I, yeah. I, want, you, I want you all, the men and women who call this show, who are truck drivers, to be safe too. And sometimes we tend to push ourselves. 
Are, are you at all worried, Nick, about um, AI coming and taking over trucking? It's a little bit on the back of my mind because I'm I'm only in my young 30s, so it's uh, if it does come soon, it's really going to hurt me. But I just play it day by day, and I just figured the the God's got a plan for me, and we'll just have to see what comes down at the end of it. Okay, well, I I hope it's good stuff. Um, what are you hauling today before I let you go? <laughs> right now I have 36,000 pounds of rolled tar paper on my skateboard. Okay. <laughs> I love trucker lingo. 36,000 pounds of rolled tar paper on my skateboard. Oh, one more quick question. <laughs> that horrific story in Texas, the horrific story of the truck that brought the people across the border and uh, we had yeah. the deaths of 10 people dead. You pull into a truck stop, and if your truck is empty and 100 people are sneaked into the back when you're not looking, you feel it when you start moving again, don't you? Well, definitely. You figure, hey, you just figure you get 100 people on your trailer, and if you're empty, and let's say you know each one of them weighs 100 pounds, you're going to notice the weight. Because you're going to take off thinking you're empty. And, like, when I'm empty, I start off in the fourth gear. When I'm loaded, I have to take it sometimes down to second gear. You know, if you try to take off in a higher gear and your truck is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, any trucker worth his salt is going to know if he's loaded or empty. Yeah, that's why I'm not buying that guy's excuse saying they sneaked those oh. people into the truck when he wasn't looking. You can't. Yeah, you, I don't believe you it You can't either. have a have a, a hundred between 10,000 and 15,000 pounds of humans in the back and not, yeah. not know it. It's just impossible. Just impossible. Oh yeah. Well, Nick, thank you again for your service. Thank you again for weighing in on this and uh, be safe out there and everybody give the truckers some room. They're bringing us stuff. Even if it's only rolled tar paper, there might be food or wine in the next one. So be careful. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right, bye. There he goes on down the road. Keep all those wheels on the pavement. It's Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just that that last discussion we were having, uh, talking about the regulations and and how certain careers and certain businesses are regulated. That it, it irritates me when I think of some of the small business entrepreneurs. When when we try to find solutions for things, I think the people who are out there in the middle of it are the ones best suited to try and come up with answers. And that's why I wish I wish that there was um, a, a general funnel of information that we could take some of the things that, that we hear from you, the people in the business world, and get it to those people who are in Washington making the laws. And, you know, we're going to think about that. So let's keep trying to solve problems. You people and and those of us who are focused on problems, I think, are best suited to do it rather than lawmakers. It just it bothers me to think 
that uh, somebody in D.C. is trying to prevent someone in in Michigan or Alabama or wherever from from doing a job they love because they think they have the best handle on the safety end of things. Look at all the warnings that we see on on labels, on packaging. It's it's because of over aggressive, overzealous legislation and lawyers, let's face it. So when I hear that the truckers have this restriction of 70 hours in eight days, I know they're trying to make sure the roads are safe for all of us. And, and they're also trying to make sure that the health of the trucker is important. But a lot of times you're able to do a little bit more. And it, it sometimes overregulation creates criminals where no criminal would normally exist. Case in point, look what happened when we had uh, the government trying to get in and, and create prohibition. Look what happened over the years before we could get prohibition repealed. Look at the criminals it created. It's just unfortunate and unfair. So, uh, you know, I would, I, we're going to try and come up with a format where we can get solutions from you, the people that are out there in the middle of things, to say, hey, how can we fix this? I, I wish the government was listening more to people like common citizens to deal with the, uh, the health care issues, talking about the issues we all face and, and we wrestle with. So maybe in the future we'll be able to put together a, a segment on that. Uh, just around the corner in the next hour, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is uh, in Washington today testifying, and he has some important things to say. And I, I appreciate Adam Carolla's libertarian point of view on things, especially from a guy who grew up with a mom who was on welfare and receiving all kinds of assistance. And he said, hey, mom, why don't, why don't you just go out and get a job? And she said to him, what, and lose my welfare? Give up my welfare? How dare you? He turned out pretty good. Hard-working guy. And I think he's got a, a great message. That's why he's teamed up with Dennis Prager. But he's testifying about safe spaces. And we'll play you some of his wisdom just around the corner. Plus, um, the the uh, instead of talking about the Debbie Wasserman Schultz story and the hard drives and what might be lurking in the hard drives that were smashed by the guy who was trying to get the hell out of the country. And thank God we stopped him at the airport. Instead of talking about that, the news networks are talking about the big question of the day. Will Sean Spicer appear on Dancing with the Stars? Will Spicy be out there with Tom Bergeron? Dancing for the Disco Ball Trophy, whatever the hell it is. I don't watch the show. I like Bergeron. He's a really good guy. Liberal, but a good guy. Here's my advice to ABC. Yes, I think it's good for you to go out and get Sean Spicer and put him on Dancing with the Stars. But if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Get Melissa McCarthy to, to dance the Paso Doble with Sean Spicer in full Sean Spicer attire. The two of them dancing on Dancing with the show that should be called Dancing with the sort of famous people who don't have anything better to do. We'll see. Just around the corner, we still have to explain why Che Guevara is still an advertising icon. 
We'll look at the vital question, get an update. There's debt shaming. There's an app for that. And Adam Carolla's comments, Adam Carolla's got some comments about safe spaces. And he's a guy who knows about safe spaces. He's been working on stages in comedy clubs and on campuses for years. So we'll get into that. And, of course, your opinion. Join the conversation. 888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Belka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour, Puro Pelka on this uh, fabulous day where those of us in the Northeast are very, very disturbed about the weather forecast because it's supposed to just rain like hell. (laughs) And I'm not happy about that. I can tell you that right now. For the next three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and maybe giving us a break on Sunday. So this would be a good time. Remember we talked about Alice Cooper yesterday. We talked about the fact that Alice Cooper, the rock and roll star, remembered or was reminded that he was given an Andy Warhol painting 40 years ago. And that somewhere in a storage locker, somewhere, there was probably an Andy Warhol painting worth upwards of uh, maybe 10, 11 million dollars. Kind of a nice thing to find. You know, if you got a storage locker somewhere. I bet he hasn't paid 10 million dollars in storage fees for 40 years. Might have paid a few a few shekels here and there. But I think that's just a reminder on rainy days like this and tomorrow and the next day Uh, Why not take some time and go through that basement, that closet, that attic, that storage locker? And if you haven't needed it, worn it, displayed it, or even remembered it in the last two, three, five years, maybe somebody else could make good use of it. Maybe somebody else could take those clothes you don't want to wear, no longer fit into, never liked the look of them in the first place. Maybe somebody else through the Goodwill or one of the local thrift stores, the church thrift store, maybe one of those folks could make use of that. And you know what it does? It clears the junk out of your own life. It makes room for new junk. It makes room for new things, new ideas. But what if you found a hidden treasure? What if just by the stroke of luck you had a first edition of a 
a very valuable book or something that has been sitting in your in your storage locker, your attic, your basement, your closet that's always a, a mess. Get rid of it. Free yourself from that. And in the meantime, maybe you can make a buck. I'm a big fan of garage sales, yard sales, whatever you want to call them. Estate sales, if you're fancy enough. But I'm also a fan of taking the, the clothes. If, if I haven't worn it in two years, guess what? I'm not wearing it. And I take it down to the Goodwill and clean it first, please. They will also give you a form to give you a tax deduction. So everybody wins. You get junk out of your life. You get a tax deduction. And somebody who needs something will probably put it to good use. And who knows? Maybe you hit the lottery in your own life. Maybe you find that, that very valuable copy of the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or something. Wouldn't that be amazing? You have to open yourself up to the idea in order to make any room for the opportunity for that to happen. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a, a mode here. I'm trying to inspire myself to do the same thing because it's going to be raining and I'm just going to want to get rid of stuff. Uh, by the way, did you listen to the Pure Opelka from the weekend and listen to the Easter egg after the end of the show on the podcast? Uh, you better hurry up and do that today because there's something uh, valuable available if you were paying attention. It's at the very end. You download the podcast. It's every show that you hear on the Blaze Radio Network is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And the Saturday show, when we have something fun to uh, give away, because I don't have room for all the stuff I pick up on my travels, I got a bunch of stuff from Freedom Fest, including a signed book from Matt Kibbe that I would like to, because I've already got one, I'd like to give to one of you. Uh, you have to go there and download the show and go to the Easter egg after the end and answer the question. But you have to hurry up and do it today. And somebody out of all the correct answers will get the Freedom Fest, Freedom Fest prize pack. Just putting that out there. All right. There's breaking news on the Kid Rock for Senate story. Breaking news on the Kid Rock for Senate story. Uh, there is a Kid Rock for Senate .com. It's KidRockForSenate.com is the website. has a picture of Kid Rock in his living room somewhere with a, <laughs> with a deer, stuffed deer, and a picture of the Constitution, and, and it looks like the Declaration of Independence and George Washington behind him. And the headline, Are You Scared? <laughs> I think there are a lot of Democrats that are. Kid Rock says, you never met a politician quite like me. I will rock. In rock we trust. I will rock the election. He said, I believe if you work and work your butt off and pay your taxes, you should be able to easily understand the laws, the tax codes, health care, and anything else the government puts in place that affects all of us. Yeah, that makes sense. I think a plain speaking candidate would scare the hell out of all the lifetime members of our elected class of entitleistas. So I, I think Kid Rock could scare the hell out of both sides of the aisle. In his latest news statement, he says, when my name was thrown out there for U.S. Senate, I decided to launch KidRockForSenate.com. 
I was beyond overwhelmed with the response I received from the community leaders, D.C. pundits, blue-collar folks that are just simply tired of the extreme left and right bulls. As part of the excitement surrounding the possible campaign, I decided to take a hard look to see if there was real support for me as a candidate and if my message or if it was just uh, a new, fresh news story. What was all the excitement about? Kid Rock continues saying, the one thing I've seen over and over is that although people are unhappy with government, too few are even registered to vote or do anything about it. We have over a year left until the actual election, so my first order of business is to get people engaged and registered to vote while continuing to put my ideas on ways to help working class people in Michigan and America while still calling out these jackass lawyers who call themselves politicians. Please run, Kid Rock. Please run. It would be a great campaign to have to follow. He continues. During this time, while exploring my candidacy for U.S. Senate, I am creating a 501c4, a nonprofit organization for the promotion of voter registration. So at the core of the Kid Rock rumor is voter registration. Kid Rock continues in his statement, not only can I raise money for this critical cause, but I can help get people registered to vote at my shows. He certainly can. Since the announcement, the media speculated this was a ploy to sell shirts or promote something. I can tell you, I have no problem selling Kid Rock shirts. (laughs) I don't doubt it. And I absolutely will use this media circus to sell and promote whatever I damn well please. Many other politicians are doing the same thing. They just feed you a bunch of bullshit about it. But either way, the money raised at this time through the sale of merchandise associated with this very possible campaign will go towards our register-to-vote efforts. One thing is for sure. The Democrats are shatting in their pantaloons right now. I think I'm allowed to say that. That's not a curse word, right? It's close, but it's not there. And rightfully so. Kid Rock adds in closing, we will be scheduling a press conference in the next six weeks or so to address issues amongst others. And if I decide to throw my hat in the ring for the U.S. Senate, believe me, it's game on, mother fathers. Only he didn't say mother fathers. Kid Rock. And you'll be able to subscribe to his email and and get all the updates. And why wouldn't you? It's bound to have classic stuff in it. In the era of President Donald J. Trump, billionaire, uh, who is to ever deny the possibility of a Kid Rock president, of a Kid Rock's in the Senate? Look, you got Al Franken in the Senate. Can you imagine Al Franken and Kid Rock on the same committee? Senator, Senator Rock? Oh, it is just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. I I applaud Kid Rock for at least saying openly, the first thing we have to do is get more people voting. But wait a minute, aren't aren't conservatives, aren't they the people who want to stop people from voting? Aren't they the ones who say, we don't need need, uh, 
More voter registration? No, that's not the case. It's an absolute fabrication from the left. So Kid Rock's out there. And I'm, he's got just basic ones right now. Kid Rock for Senate. Basic yard signs. Kid Rock for the U.S. Senate. I'm waiting for Pimp the Vote. I'm telling you it's coming. Pimp the Vote. When we get back... Another um, another famous face has turned up in Holly, in uh, in D.C. this week. A Hollywood face in D.C. Adam Carolla is talking about safe spaces and snowflakes, and he's testifying before Congress. We'll give you some of his opening statement from this morning. Next on Pure Opelka, you're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I did just tweet out at Stunt Brain on the social media there the map that shows the, uh, the next few days of rain, how much is going to hit here in the, in the Northeast and across the country. And not to torture our friends in the Pacific Northwest, Vecca, who tweeted, we haven't had rain in months. Uh, send some of that here. I wish I could. But uh, thank you, Bill Cairns, one of my, one of the weather casters that I follow. A quick check on the vital question of the day, the poll today that says, should government, meaning you, the taxpayer, be required to pay for transgender service members, gender reassignment surgery, currently 94% saying, hell no. 3% yes, 3%. I'm undecided. Pick a side, people. Pick a side. Uh, we were talking about um, snowflakes and libertarians and opinions and D.C. And in Washington, D.C. today, Adam Carolla appearing uh, before an oversight committee at a hearing on safe spaces. And Adam Carolla has um, united with Dennis Prager I think you you saw Adam and Dennis on Glenn's show talking about what they're doing to try and bring their both of their groups together and explain really this this concept of liberty can do so much for all of us if we're just allowed to have it. But Adam Carolla frequently uh, delivering some wonderfully entertaining statements testifying today in front of this committee. Carolla... Corolla was welcomed, given five minutes, and he kept, he actually kept his statement under five minutes, which I thought, this is a, a real TV person who understands time limits, especially live. And here's the end of Corolla's statement. He was talking about what we're actually dealing with here. I thought it was really well done. At a later date. Um, we're talking a lot about the kids, and I think they're just that, kids. We are the adults, and I don't think we are doing the children. I mean, these are 18- and 19-year-old kids that are at these college campuses. They grew up 
dipped in Purell, playing soccer games where they never kept score and watching Wawa Wubsy. And we're asking them to be mature. We need the adults to start being the adults. Um, studies have shown that if you take people and you put them in a zero gravity environment, like astronauts, they lose muscle mass, they lose bone density. We're taking these kids in the name of protection, we're putting them in a zero gravity environment, and they're losing muscle mass and bone density. They need to live in a world that has gravity. When you, you need to expose your children to germs and dirt in the environment to build up their immune system. Our plan is, put them in a bubble, keep them away from everything, and somehow they'll come out stronger when they emerge from the bubble. Well, that's not happening. Children are the future, but we are the present. And we're the adults, and we need to act like it. And I feel that um, what's going on on these campuses is we need law and order. We need to bring back law and order. But I think if we just had order, we wouldn't need law. So could we just bring back order? And could the faculty and administration on these campuses act like faculty and administration? And most importantly, adults who are in charge of these kids who need some gravity in their life. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Uh, thank yeah. you, Mr. Carolla. Mr. Zimmerman. And Dr. Absolutely Zimmerman, well said, Adam Carolla. Absolutely. And that is, that is at the core of the problem. That, that we're, we're also worried about being friends with the young people, that nobody's actually being strong and telling them right and wrong. And he said we need law and order. And if we did just have order, yeah, of course you won't need law. But we, we've let it go so far. Corolla was talking about the fact that earlier in his career, when he and Jimmy Kimmel were teamed up, they used to bounce around the country and do comedy shows at college campuses. The same college campuses today that freak out when he shows up with a progressive or with a conservative next to him. When he shows up with Dennis Prager next to him, that they actually canceled a show at one school because Adam Carolla showed up with Dennis Prager. They couldn't handle it. And that, that is really the problem we're addressing here. That is the big problem we're addressing here. Uh, a few things going on today that we need to keep our eye on, and we'll get to them just around the corner. Uh, there will be apparently a vote on uh, another effort to repeal. Is this the skinny repeal of Obamacare? Uh, which I don't, you know. Yeah, we know what that means. It's just partial. Uh, that That's especially interesting to me to see if they can get this through. I'm dubious. I don't think anything's going to happen. I, I, I hate to say I agree with John Boehner. But I believe John Boehner, um, John Boehner knew that once Obamacare was in and embedded into our government, it's never going anywhere. So based on that, based on this proposed vote, and based on whatever Boehner believes is never going to happen, we have to talk about the road to single payer because that's, that's kind of where we are right now. 
Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, the junior senator, brought it up, keeps bringing it up. Bernie Sanders keeps bringing it up, but he won't say single payer. He'll say Medicare for all, Medicare for everybody, because they know single payer is toxic. When Chuck Schumer was asked about single payer last week on the Sunday morning talk shows, Schumer said, well, we're not taking it off the table, but we're not focusing on that right now because they're actually trying to sell this better deal theory. But what is single payer? What does it really mean? Does it, does it have any, any real benefit that could, could work for you? I'll tell you what. Um, the Hoover Institute, which is actually trying to do good work for liberty and freedom, the Hoover Institute explains single-payer health care in under a minute and, and 20 seconds. And it's something that you can understand, I can understand, and I think something we have to understand. We'll get to that right after the break. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. The palace intrigue continues. And, I, you know, I haven't gotten too much involved in the Scaramucci, Reince, Priebus, Dust Up. It, it seems to be a little reminiscent of my high school days. And the, the cafeteria table jousting for good position next to the cool kids table where I was never seated. So, uh, you know, we'll take a look at it. We'll keep an eye on it. If you have something to share, always 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. I mentioned it this morning with Doc Thompson. I mentioned the fact that that the, the, um, the path, the tangent we seem to be taking on healthcare is towards single payer. And um, Buck Sexton said this earlier on Twitter, and it <laughs> it struck a chord. Now, let's see, the GOP's got the House, the Senate, the presidency, and yet we seem to be moving faster towards single-payer health care in this country than any time in our past. And I think he's right. But every time you hear it, you have to wonder, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is, is single-payer? Uh, basically, it's the, the British system. It is the VA system where the VA is supposed to be covered on it. And if if single payer for the whole country is going to work as well for 330 million of us as it does for the couple million veterans, God help us. But the issue with single payer has been addressed by the Hoover Institution. The Hoover Institution is uh, based at Stanford University. 
and it's a public policy research center that promotes the principles of individual individual economic and political freedom. So individual freedom, economic freedom, and political freedom coming out of someplace in California. How unique is that? Well, they put together an explainer that, that tells us basically what single payer is. And I really think it's, it's worth spending time checking it out. It's fairly simple. Even I can understand it. And it, it makes sense because if you're going to have a conversation about health care, I know all of us would love to say, we're, we're going to dedicate a chunk of our taxes to paying for our health care and the government's going to take care of it. It's all going to be great. But if the health care stinks, then all you're doing is paying taxes for something you don't get. And I don't think any of us are going to want that. If we want health care, we want health care. We don't just want a card that we can then write phone numbers on when we meet somebody. It's kind of crazy. Here's the explanation from the Hoover Institution on single payer. Many people think our country should move to a single payer system of health care. This basically means the government pays for all care by raising taxes. Advocates of a single payer system believe it would cover more people at a lower cost. Got it. That's the basic premise. Single payer gets everybody with skin in the game. Well, at least everybody that pays taxes, right? That's already one of the failures, but that's not even brought up in this. So the people who say single payer is good say, well, everyone will be covered and the cost, we will know the cost right off the bat. But there's a fundamental problem with the single payer model. To expand coverage to more people, the government has no choice but to reduce access to certain drugs, procedures and doctors that we now enjoy. Glenn was talking about this this morning. That single payer, if you look at the British health system, the British health system is single payer, and they are now so overburdened and so over budget, they're, they're adding restrictions to who can get health care. So if you want a knee operation, if you want a hip replacement, your body mass index or your smoking habits could restrict you or, or disqualify you from that. This is part of the single-payer system. In order to make it work economically, the government has to come in and set limits on certain levels of care in certain areas of sickness and, and uh, let's say, injuries. We can learn from the experience of the single-payer model in the UK, Sweden, and elsewhere in Europe. The wait times for diagnostic procedures, doctor appointments, chemotherapy, and surgery are so long that their governments have turned to private care, sometimes even private care in other countries. And Got it? The single-payer system is so overburdened that just checkups, routine screenings, so delayed that the governments are having to go elsewhere. Yeah, we know that some of those world leaders come here. Some of those people, elected leaders, come here to get health care. And there's the issue of health outcomes. Because of the long wait times to receive treatment and restricted access to specialists, medications, and medical technology, health outcomes in single-payer systems are worse than the U.S. for almost all serious diseases like cancer, heart disease, and stroke. So cancer, heart disease, and stroke, three of the biggest killers. Heart disease, the biggest individual killer. 
cancer obviously right up there strokes not not exactly a shrinking part of the healthcare system but if you heard it today america you want to go get a knee replacement or at least get evaluated for a knee replacement it's about three to four weeks same for a hip replacement in england even if you are Within the body mass index guidance or don't smoke, you're still talking a year. And what happens? You're in pain for a year? You're unable to go up and down stairs for a year? Again, single payer and the reason why we don't ever want to go there. Let's continue. There's about 20 more seconds here. In practice, the better bargaining power of a single-payer system usually means price controls and regulations that cause shortages and prevent people from getting the care they need in a timely fashion. So while our healthcare system does need to change, a single-payer system isn't the solution. No, it's not the solution. A single-payer system would be the VA and, and the effectiveness or lack thereof or the VA system on steroids multiplied by 150 million times it just doesn't make any sense so this this discussion that's going on in the senate i i fully i fully wish they could get something resolved but they're not going to i go you know i know glenn offered some solutions today and uh, dr jorge has said he could solve health care maybe next week we'll have dr jorge present his health care plan but based on what we're seeing here, we're not addressing, we never address the issues that are the most important. And I'm talking about crossing state lines to buy insurance. If the cost was supposed to go down and it was based on that issue, why didn't we ever let that happen? Is it the insurance companies who are so deep into the politicians? Single payer is not the answer. Single payer makes the problem worse single payer will take us into a very very deep spiral of eroding care and it violates the very first principle the very first thing you swear to in the hippocratic oath first do no harm under single payer health care becomes first do nothing and i'm sorry that's just not going to work Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Piero Pelka. Much going on. Still waiting on the latest on the press conference. I don't think we're going to hear anything big. Uh, by the way, we should get into um, what happened yesterday at the press conference. Uh, but before we do that, uh, get your life back. Get your freedom back. Get back to living. Get Relief Factor. Did I mention that I take Relief Factor? Only a hundred times I've mentioned it. It's because I do and I take it because it works for me. If you're tired of the pain from inflammation, if you're tired of, of not being able to go up and down those steps, if you're tired of, 
of, of not being able to have the life you wanted, try Relief Factor. Why you wouldn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm miffed by that. If you're skeptical about nutritional supplements, these are, these are 100% botanical, made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients, and they work to relieve the irritation, the inflammation in my joints, and then, that means the pain is gone. So knees, hips, back for me, big help. The, um, the, the stats on this, people who buy the three-week quick start pack for nineteen ninety five, 80% of them come back and buy it again because it works for them. People in the company use it. People in the company that I know and I respect use Relief Factor, and I've been taking it every day, every single day since April 7th. On April 15th, I woke up and I was like, geez, I... I don't feel that that creak in my knees. I'm like I'm not I'm not having to fight this off. So, what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone and give them a call. It's so easy. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384 or go online and check it out yourself. 95 cents a day basically for the 3-week quick start pack, less than a cup of coffee. Even the cheap coffee. 1995 for the three-week quick start plan. ReliefFactor.com or 800-500-8384. It's, um, it's a crazy day already. I know I said that yesterday, but it sure feels like it's anything can happen Wednesday, but it's a Thursday. I was talking um, earlier today with a friend, and we were talking about interesting apps dumb apps and if you go through your phone i don't know about you but i i'm cheap so i don't pay for apps i like to find the best free apps that work and then we share apps here and there and i end up using um, i end up using apps that are in my life for for various reasons for example uh, the ymca app here in delaware yes because i won't pay for an expensive health club i'd rather support the local y it makes better sense for me. Again, I'm cheap. But we were we were talking about what if an app could remind you to do this or do that or 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 help you this way. And um somebody said, Well, I'd like an app that is makes makes reminds people who have to pay me back after after I've loaned them money or my lawnmower, whatever. I'd just like to have something pop up on their phone. It's like an irritant. And interestingly enough, the day after we're talking about that, there's a story about a Chinese court that has put together a new a new way of dealing with people who owe money. And what they've done is they've created a a, a new court mandated ringtone that lives on the phones of people who owe money. Their phones, instead of ringing with just a phone ring. Or uh, just, you know, whatever song, whatever ringtone you put in. The ringtone is a message that tells people the person on the phone, the person whose phone this is, owes money. <laughs> That's the courts. Yes, I know. This is, the, this is the joys of living in a communist society. You think, do you think we'd be allowed to shame people here 
if we did that? Do you think that would be permitted? I, I'm sorry. I, I don't think that flies. But a court in eastern China has enforced a rule that issues people who haven't paid off their debts that installs a ringtone that they can't change. And it even tells the caller that the person they are dialing is, quote, avoiding debt repayments and also urges the caller to help persuade the person. It's almost as if you, you've got the, the uh, Game of Thrones chant when your phone rings. Can you imagine you owe someone some money you haven't, you haven't paid up and your phone's ringing and it's shame, 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 shame. <laughs> Ten people have already been slapped with the ringtone by the, the, I hate to say this, it's called the People's Court. And when, if, if I were to call somebody who has, who has the shame app on their ringtone, there's a pre-dial ring that tells the caller, the user of the number you've dialed has been listed as someone who is avoiding debt repayments ordered by the People's Court. Please urge this person to fulfill their legal obligations. The People's Court thanks you for your support. <laughs> and because, because mobile phones in China and most places are registered under the name of the person, even if you go and buy another mobile phone, you try and get another smartphone, that ringtone and that pre-ring message are going to follow you wherever you go. <laughs> so you can run, but you can't hide from China's <laughs> evil ringtones that are shaming you publicly. Crazy stuff. I wonder if Judge Judy would slap this on somebody as a punishment. I wonder if Judge Judy would mandate only one of the 10 people has paid the debt and had the message removed. It does seem to be a deterrent. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Third hour, Pure Opelka. We are uh, open phones at this time, triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's Thursday, and on Thursdays we have a tendency to get some crazy stories called in from our friend Angie Austin from Daybreak USA. So that could happen at the bottom of the hour. Uh, it's it's a, a nutty day already, I will tell you that. Um, been watching to see if there is a press briefing today because we have this palace intrigue. As it, as it has turned out, it seems like uh, Donald Trump's uh, press secretary, Mr. Scaramucci, is intent on making life miserable for Reince Priebus the same way it appears that the president is intent on making life miserable for Jeff Sessions. 
And um, Senator, I keep calling him Senator Sessions. He is the Attorney General, of course. Uh, Sessions has a friend in Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham earlier today caught in the hallways talking about his friend Jeff Sessions, former Senator Sessions, and Graham had this to say. You know, the president has the right to fire anybody in his cabinet. As a human being, I think he should show some respect uh, for Jeff Sessions as a person. Uh, Jeff Sessions was the most loyal supporter of Donald Trump. He's a rock-solid conservative. But the reason I like him so much is I often dif- disagree with him, but I've never believed that he was a man who, would, who lacks integrity or sense of fair play. This effort to basically marginalize and humiliate the attorney general is not going over well in the Senate. I don't think it's going on over well in the conservative world. If you believe Jeff Sessions should be fired, use the power you have uh, and accept the consequences. I hope it stops. I'm 100 percent behind Jeff Sessions. The chairman of the Judiciary Committee sent a pretty chilling uh, tweet yesterday. Uh, there will be no confirmation hearing for a new attorney general in 2017. Uh, if Jeff Session is fired, there will be holy hell to pay. There will be holy hell to pay if Jeff Sessions is fired. There are also, uh, everyone's latching onto the holy hell to pay. But also in that statement is, is the very clear warning to the president that there won't be a confirmation hearing in 2017. There's too much going on. Well, that's because really nothing else got done so far. But I guess that means the Senate's investigating so many other things that they don't have time. Graham continued to rail against the president. And I, I let, let me put this out there. I agree with Lindsey Graham on this. And I know some of you call Lindsey Graham Gramnesty Graham, but I agree with Lindsey Graham on this. Treat Jeff Sessions as a human being. Treat him as you would like to be treated. Lindsey Graham continued uh, discussing this this palace intrigue and drama. Uh, any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's dial that back. See, at the core of this uh, apparent move by the president to pressure to pressure uh, his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, to to leave. Is the belief and the belief held by many on the Democratic side of the aisle that the president would then hire a new attorney general who would go in and remove Robert Mueller, the guy who's the special counsel. No matter what you think of Mueller, that move, particularly dastardly, I believe, could certainly push people over the line on President Trump. Lindsey Graham certainly seems to think so. Listen again to the exact wording that Lindsey Graham, a guy who has tried to help this president, despite the way he was treated during the campaign, remember the cell phone? The president gave out Lindsey Graham's cell phone number when he was candidate Trump. But li- listen to this. Uh, any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency, unless Mueller did something wrong. Right now, I have no reason to believe that Mueller is compromised. 
if you got reason to believe he is compromised and shouldn't be serving as special counsel, let me know. I'm working on legislation that I will introduce next week with Republicans and some Democrats. Uh, I think get all the Democrats. I hope I can get a good number of Republicans that will say the following. A special counsel cannot be fired when they were impaneled to investigate the president or his team unless you have judicial review of the firing. So that means judges would have to review the firing before you could remove a special counsel. And, you know, Mueller, I raise eyebrows on Mueller, too, because, yes, he has ties, some ties and to the Clintons and, and Democratic sympathies. But the guy was up for possibly being the FBI director before all of the all of this drama happened. The president actually talked about him as possibly the FBI, the next FBI director. So Lindsey Graham issues a warning and, and let us let us be quite clear about that warning. He was very clear. Uh, any effort to go after Mueller could be the beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. And that's if if Mueller has actually done something wrong, done something that you, you would say, I'm sorry, we can't let you get away with that, sir. So that's one piece of this intrigue today. That's that's the latest on the sessions, the Jeff Sessions intrigue. I, I don't know if we talked about Mo Brooks yesterday on this show. I don't I don't believe we did. I think we might need to talk about Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks is one of the people who um, who is hoping hoping to take the seat that um, Jeff Sessions gave up. Representative Mo Brooks is one of the Republicans who said, you know, if um, if Jeff Sessions wants to leave the attorney general's position and would like to try and get his his old job back as a senator in Alabama, Brooks said, I will I will drop out of the race to clear the way for Jeff Sessions. Now, he did add to that that he would agree to drop out of the race if all nine candidates in the race, including State Senator Luther Strange and former Alabama Supreme Court Justice Roy Moore, would drop out as well. Then the Alabama GOP would be able to support and appoint Sessions as their nominee and run him in the general election that's coming up. So amazing that that there's so much support for Jeff Sessions, even back in his home state, that a guy who probably has a pretty good chance of winning Jeff Sessions' seat in the Senate, basically getting a nice promotion and not having to run then every two years, but would be able to run every six years. Mo Brooks is willing to drop out of the race in order to let Jeff Sessions come back and take his job. That's how beloved this guy is. That's how much people like him. So I don't understand why the president is treating him this way, other than it's become very personal. And yesterday as well, we talked about the, uh, the fact that Jeff Sessions was in the West Wing of the White House as President Trump was tweeting about him from the East Wing. Come on, Mr. President. 
we as a people expect better. Uh, we expect better of this from the kids in our world. Then again, do, do I have time to get into Maxine Waters and the, the craziness that is anti-Max? Is there time to even get there? Maxine Waters with um, Steve Mnuchin on the stand. Steve Mnuchin answering questions. Is there time? Maxine Waters um, just proving that she has no no decorum at all. That Maxine Waters is is just um, she's just against anything with an R after it. So you have the Secretary of the Treasury uh, being being grilled by Steve Mnuchin at a hearing on the Hill yesterday. But Maxine Waters will not even let Mnuchin answer a question because she doesn't like the way he's starting to answer it. You want to see you want to see a great example of why we're frozen in this country? It's because people like Maxine Waters end up in office forever. She'll never be voted out. California, I'm sorry, but this is this is something a problem you've created. But Maxine Waters would not even let Steve Mnuchin Begin to answer a question. Listen to the rudeness. Why did you not respond to me and my colleagues? I was going to answer that. Just please uh, go straight to and the answer. Mr. Chairman, I thought when you read the rules, you acknowledged that I shouldn't be interrupted and that I would have Reclaiming my time. So what happened here? Maxine Waters wanted to know why Mnuchin didn't respond to a request for information in a previous previous request out of this committee. And as Mnuchin is trying to say why he didn't, she's not satisfied with the way he's starting to answer. So she's she's saying she's reclaiming her time to pressure him a little bit more because Mnuchin is appealing to the chairman of the committee to say, hey, She's not even letting me answer the question. I thought I would not be interrupted. Those were the rules. I would not be interrupted. It continues, and please feel free to get uh, irritated like I am. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, will you respond to the question of why I did not get a response, me and my colleagues, to the May 23rd letter? Well, I was going to tell you my response. Just tell me. Okay. So, first of all, okay, let me just say that the Department of Treasury has cooperated extensively with the Senate Intel Committee, with the House Reclaiming Intel my time. Committee, Reclaiming with the Senate my time. Judiciary Reclaiming Committee. my time. Did she give him all of 10 seconds before she interrupted him again? Does nobody in, in, in the government anywhere have the right to say to these people, you're acting like jackasses? Cut it out. We the people are fed up. We the people are hurting. We the people are struggling. We the people would like to reclaim our votes. We the people would like back the trust we put in each and every one of you. Well, Maxine Waters isn't done yet. Matter of fact, Mr. Secretary, the the time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Not gentle. Perhaps, Mr. Chairman, I don't understand the rules because I thought I was allowed to answer questions. Reclaiming my time, would you please explain the rules and do not take that away from my time? 
we will give the gentle lady adequate time. So what I read, Mr. Secretary, were statements of the ranking member and Democratic colleagues on how administration witnesses should be treated, not necessarily the way they will be treated. Wow, how they should be treated. Uh, Jeb Henserling sort of admonishing the Treasury Secretary when it seems as if, to me, to this observer, that somebody, yes, parliamentary procedures are one thing, but how about, again, general respect and order and decency when talking to someone who has come there, a cabinet member, to address this audience? It truly is disturbing. It's truly absolutely irritating the hell out of me. I'm not going to give Maxine Waters any more time. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time, and I'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, uh, we were talking about how how Washington communicates and how it's so different from the rest of us. And, you know, part of Trump's charm as a candidate was that he spoke to us like we spoke to each other. And now I'm mad at him for not being presidential because I do want him to be I do want him to be the president, but I want him to be presidential. And yet a lot of people voted for Donald Trump because he he sounded like them. But I also think they voted for Donald Trump to change things. I also think that that many of those voters who handed Donald Trump the presidency, especially the people in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, states that surprised the hell out of Hillary Clinton, did so because they wanted they wanted health care fixed. They did so because the House and the Senate promised us that they would do that. And over the last seven years, that's all we heard. And all we needed was a president who would sign the bill as opposed to Obama. And now they can't even get a bill to him, which is also holding back taxes. And then word out today that taxes, the tax reform, if it ever happens, well, it's going to include a surprise for wealthy people based on on the rumors we're hearing. I think a lot of us are okay with this, but um, a 44% tax rate on people who make $5 million or more how many people in America make more than $5 million? That's got to be a tiny percentage point. That's got to be obviously fewer than 1% of the nation. But are those, are those people even going to feel it? If you make, make the 44% tax bracket, that means if you're in a state like New York or California, you're going to be paying well over 50% of your income to taxes. I think the key is going to be not taxing the very wealthiest people 44%, but getting, getting real tax relief for people 
in the middle brackets for people like the guy that was heard on, on Glenn Beck's radio show so many times over the past couple of weeks, that forgotten man out of, out of the Washington, D.C. area. The guy who said a hundred bucks a check would make a, the world of difference in his life. Just a hundred bucks. And I also think if we could get the corporate tax rate from 35% down to 15%, you would see an explosion of jobs in this country. And so while, while the news media is chasing the story of the palace intrigue, is chasing the story of, of all of the madness about whether or not Reince Priebus is going to be pushed out by Scaramucci and will Donald Trump shame Jeff Sessions into leaving. While all of that's going on, the White House isn't getting done any negotiation, any pressure to get health care fixed. And they completely missed the opportunity to be ringing the bells and singing the praises of the president with the jobs that he may be bringing to Wisconsin with the Foxconn deal. 3,000 jobs, as many as 13,000 decent jobs in manufacturing. And that's certainly a huge deal that should be all over the press. But no, we're chasing drama. And if we could bring jobs back on that level, if we were successful in doing that, guess what? All of this other crap would go away. And that guy in Washington would have that hundred bucks in his wallet every week. And he'd be able to afford his medications. And we'd be on the path to truly doing what the president said he wanted to do. And that's make America great again. But we can't do it if every day the White House and the stuff that comes out of it sounds like the petty bickering at the high school cafeteria table. Doesn't make any sense. Come on back. We still have a couple more crazy stories. I got to tell you this Che Guevara story. And this day in history. Huge day in history. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We have uh, about a half hour left to go. Phones are open, 888-900-3393. Trying to keep an eye on things. The vote has not happened on the skinny replacement yet. Uh, there's still a, a little bit of, um, a little bit of, seems to be backtracking on, <laughs> On the president's tweets declaring that transgender people wouldn't be able to serve in the military, you know, it was surprising. As we heard yesterday from uh, Gregory Angelo from the Log Cabin Republicans, the White House generally and the Pentagon specifically were caught off guard by all this. So, hello, surprise. Mm. The vital question of the day, which is still... uh, Still bubbling. It'll it'll stay hot till tomorrow morning. 
and gather up uh, some votes. No surprise to me. No surprise to me that that this audience is 94% of you saying, no, we shouldn't be paying for for transgender service members, gender reassignment surgery, no more than we should be paying for elective boob jobs or Viagra or whatever pills we're giving guys. That's, that's your personal time. Those are elective things. If you have electile dysfunction, as they might say. <sighs> Got to get to some of the crazy stories of the week. I still, I, I know I promised you the... The history lesson and the and the Che Guevara, the mysterious love for Che Guevara. The guy hated black people, wanted them all killed, and yet companies continue to use his image to sell luxury items like condos in, in London. It mystifies me. And greeting cards in America, I'll explain. But we have um we have our our guest, our buddy, our pal, our regular contributor to this program, Angie Austin from Daybreak USA. If you don't know her, you should. Find her on DaybreakUSA.com. Uh, Angie has a proclivity for finding weird stories. And so she joins us regularly on Thursdays at this time to share some of the stranger stories she's found uh, and Angie, uh, some of these are inspiring. Some of these are are just downright silly. And some of these are scratch your head and go, huh? Wait, what? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I can I start with the one that um, that it's actually a year old, and that's yeah, the there's, cell there's phone video by the California inmates. Uh, that, oh, sure. That, that video that shows these inmates. In a California prison, basically breaking out. They they even put music to it. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And and post arrest interviews. So it shows like prior it, it, within the cell prior to the break, right? And then they lift up a sawed off bunk bed and show the vent. Which by the way, vents. I don't know that they should be like in cells. Maybe the vent should be like outside the cell and blow air in. It seems like vents are oftentimes used for the escape route. So. They, they videotape uh, through the plumbing shafts and the walls. At one point, uh, one of the guys turns and gives a thumbs up. So uh, apparently after the arrest, somehow this thing was set to music with TV news clips, their post-arrest interviews. I mean, it's like a, like a high-quality video of their escape capture and feelings about the legal system. And this one of the guys even interviewed the Uber driver they forced to take him up to San Francisco. How do you feel about your, your life being, uh, you know, at risk and that you may die if you don't drive us where we want to go, you know, kind of thing? Well, the, the weirdest thing is they finally caught these guys because they were they were posting this stuff. And you, you got to wonder the brains of these people actually putting themselves out there like this. You know, we're going to find you. Everyone's going to find you. But the the detail with which this video showed how they got out and the inner workings of the prison, how they created a rope ladder using sheets and stuff, I thought was t- totally fascinating. You know this will become a movie. But yeah, as I was thinking, it's like a movie. When you watch them, you can hear the wind blowing. You see them in the pipes. You know, you see every aspect of the escape. It's just, it was a week-long manhunt before they're recaptured. And guess who, uh, 
gave the video uh, out who, who disseminated it, the, the lawyer for one of the uh, for one of the guys. The well, didn't didn't one of the guys decide he didn't want to be on the lamb and he came back and, and turned himself in? Well, he probably just wanted to be a movie star. Well, that's true. He signed in his own. You know, maybe he just wants to be a viral video star. It's a crazy thing. But the question I always ask, um, how did that cell phone get smuggled into prison? Oh, like the location of it when he came in? I, I don't know. I have yeah, not just, done any further research on that. I've not delved into that topic. I'm just saying they said it was contraband. It was smuggled in. And maybe I don't need to know. And the other yeah. thing I always wonder why is there even cell phone service in prison? Well, do you think that uh, they, I'm not, I'm not sure that they actually, you know, use the cell phone service. I, you know, you can just use the phone, the, you know, when it's in, like, for instance, airplane mode, you can still take videos and then, you know, upload it somewhere later. Sure, but let, let's face it. There are, there are times when cell phones we've heard have been used in prison to direct things like drone deliveries of drugs, et cetera, et cetera. If you eliminated, True. if you would put those cell phone jamming things in the, in the prisoner areas, you would remove the, the need or the ability for that crime to be committed. And I'm sure the guards are going to go, hey, man, what if somebody wants to text me? Well, then on your break, you can go look at it. But that's a, a, we, we need to jam cell phones in prison. That's my next legislative agenda. Prisons ought well, to be other, allowed to, to jam cell phones. The other weird thing, Mike, I, I think I told you in the last couple of months, there was a story um, in my neck of the woods in Colorado about inmates getting devices. And this one inmate was kind of like, yeah, man, like I used to have to like wait in line to like call my girlfriend. And then, you know, other inmates would be like, John, at me to get off the phone. And there was no privacy for us to have our private time. Like, I really care if you get your private time with your girlfriend, bro. So, but now that I have a device in my room, I can talk to her at all day, hours of the day and night and play games and listen to music. And he also was part of the uh, program where they train, you know, uh, therapy dogs. So he's got a dog in his cell. He's leaned back with his hands behind his head. He's on his device. Advice. Like, I really need some inmate rotting in his cell, talking to his girlfriend, doing who knows what, when they could be doing something useful. When are we going to do stuff like that pizza guy you interviewed, where they actually give these guys, like, jobs, and they actually yeah. make money and pay for their own uh, incarceration? Well, first of all, um, does everybody in the prison system in Colorado sound like a surfer dude? Well, this guy did. He was, like, young and, like, tattoos and, you know. Okay, just, yeah. just checking. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a problem with prison being too soft. And I was talking with Representative Thomas Massey. It breaks my heart when I hear a working man or working woman, single mom, single dad, trying to make things work for their family. And they say, I, I had to cancel my cable because it was just one more thing I couldn't afford. And yet every prisoner gets cable TV. Every prisoner gets guaranteed three square meals a day. Every prisoner gets medical care. And we have medical men care. and women who are making decisions daily about that kind of a, a simple lifestyle choice. I'm eating up all the time talking about this. I'm preaching to the choir. Right. I know um, right. this McDonald's employee got fired for doing what? Okay, so he posts some pictures that were pretty disgusting from the ice cream machine and like that, you know, drain area where it, it would drip, the ice cream would drip down 
and then it goes underneath the little, uh, you know, a metal lid. And if you pull off the metal drip lid, underneath was just the most disgusting, moldy slime. So he tweeted this picture out, and then he tweeted a few other pictures out as well. But the old, uh, moldy uh, ice cream drip tray was the one that really, and a grease trap, you know, with mold. Okay, here's the deal. I worked at McDonald's when I was a kid. We dismantled that ice cream machine and cleaned it like it was a, like it was a medical device. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was spotless. So obviously this isn't like McDonald's procedure. It was either employees not following or somebody not really following like the rules of how you're supposed to clean these things. So he tweets the pictures out. He gets fired. Now, I don't know if that's cool to like sell your company down the river or tweet the pictures. I don't know that I'd want an employee like that working there. Like, why not just clean it? You know what? You Uh, you, You bring up a really good point. McDonald's didn't address the real problem. This kid may have violated a policy, but there's a bigger problem that has public health implications to it. Ugh, I don't know, yeah. slime in the in the uh, soft ice cream machine, uh, mold, mildew, whatever. Because you know that stuff climbs up. We, I'm not even gonna. People are enjoying lunch. I'm not gonna ruin their lunch. Did you see them. the pictures? Yes. Oh gosh. Nasty. Oh, I can. I don't like, even know if I can eat an ice cream cone again. Well, yeah, yeah, I can. I'm gonna find I mean, a way. I'm going to yeah, find gonna a way to get it done. <laughs> I will bite the bullet and get it done. As a matter of fact, I might have soft ice cream today. I got 30 seconds for a quick story. Okay. The most inspiri- inspiring story of the day is the 460-pound man who dropped half his weight. He always wanted to be in the military, and he wanted to be in the Army. He weighed 460 pounds. Look at that before picture. Unbelievable. He's unrecognizable without surgery. William Gunn, Jr., uh, in his quest to uh, you know join the military, he 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 did. He made it in. He lost over 200 pounds. The married father of four went to a nearby gym and worked out. Uh, no tra- no surgery. Did it on his own, and uh, now he's in the military. I just think it's cool that he, he you know he made up his mind. I'm going to do it. He says I'm going to graduate from basic and MIT and start my career. Uh, I do see a change. Yeah, look at him. Huge change. Good for him. Well, it's very inspiring to those of us who are trying to lose that 10 or 20 or whatever. And I'll tweet out a link to that story. It's from our friends at Faith Wire. Angie Austin, I love that you find these stories every week to share with us. And I, I want everybody to find you on Daybreak USA. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, friend. Have a good one. You too. Peace. There she goes, and, and here we go. I'm going to jump on the Twitter and tweet out a link to that story so you can see it. It really is fantastic and amazing, and it reminds me that Billy Hallowell will be here tomorrow for Faithwire. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Piero Pelka. One more reminder: if you're dealing with uh, pain in your legs, in your 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 knees, in your back, and and you need help, you should try Relief Factor. I've used Relief Factor for three months now, and it's made a massive difference in my life. I'm back to doing things I wanted to do. I'm back to doing things I love to do. 
I'm back to doing things like walking in the, in the neighborhood more than I had before. I'm back to playing golf and walking the course. I'm back to walking the dog. I'm up and down the stairs. It's because I use the 100% botanical anti-inflammatory that is Relief Factor. So many of you tried it. You got the three-week quick start pack and it works. $19.95. Most people see results in 7 to 10 days. Get Relief Factor by calling them, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or go to relieffactor.com. It's less than a buck a day for the quick start pack, and 80% of the people who get it, reorder it. That tells you it works. Relief Factor. Give it a shot. Before I get out of here today, I have to remind you, it was on this date in 1974, the House began impeachment of Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was never impeached, but Richard Nixon was the House Judiciary Committee recommended that the 37th president be impeached and removed from office. So the impeachment proceedings were getting ready. They were writing the articles of impeachment. The Supreme Court ordered the president to turn over the secret tapes that he had a unanimous decision eventually forced Nixon to turn over all of those tapes and transcripts. And guess what? Two weeks after, two weeks after the Judiciary Committee voted to impeach Nixon and then sent it to the House where the proceedings began, Nixon resigned. We ended up with a president who had never been voted for as president of the United States because the vice president also stepped down. So you had a president and a vice president both stepping down. You ended up with Gerald Ford as the president of the United States. And he pardoned Nixon to get the country back to doing what, what they were trying to do. And that's fix the economy for the little guy kind of reminding us that history repeats all the time. I wonder, I wonder. Senator Ben Sass was on the floor of the Senate today, and he had some advice for the president about recess appointments that some would consider a constitutional crisis. So today, I've come to the floor to keep my promise and to offer a word of humble advice to the president. If you're thinking of making a recess appointment to push out the Attorney General, forget about it. The presidency isn't a bull, and this country isn't a china shop. Mr. President, you're a public servant in a system of limited government with a duty to uphold and to defend and to teach to our kids the Constitution system of checks and balances. And this this is the world's greatest experiment in self-government. It works only if all of us, presidents, senators, Republicans, Democrats, independents, and judges, if we all keep our faith to the American institutions and to the rule of law. Amen, Senator. Amen. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.